Good morning. Before I begin uh, my sermon, I hope that all of you are in good health, um, that you're keeping a physical distance from persons so that uh, you remain in good health. I just want to tell you um, what a wonderful experience it has been for me to work with the King Avenue staff at this time. Um, people have pulled together, um, sacrificed, uh, we're working together very well, and you should just be very proud of, of the staff, um, how they're caring for each other and caring for you and our church. This is actually the last sermon in our series on It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Mr. Rogers, uh, the, the movie about Mr. Rogers. It, it seems like we started that series, this series, years ago. So much has happened. Uh, it's hard to believe it's only the fifth uh, sermon in this series, but so much has happened since we started it. So this is the last sermon in the series, and it's on practice. There's a point in the movie where Lloyd Vogel meets Mrs. Rogers and says to her, so what's it like being married to a saint? And she says, please don't say that. If you make him a saint... Who he is is unattainable. He has to practice every day at being who he is. He has to practice every day at being who he is. On one level, we can say, well, if he has to practice on being who he is, is he a phony? Is he pretending to be this wonderful man? Well, no, we don't, we don't believe that. What we come to understand is that he practices that he has to grow, and he's aware he has to grow to become a full human being. And he practices. He reads scripture every day. He prays every day. Sometimes he calls people uh, that, whom he's praying for. He swims. He takes that minute every day to give thanks for the people who have loved him into being. Now, now, you know, practice, this is kind of a duh sermon. You know, of course we know we need to practice. If you want to become a good trumpet player or a good pianist, you have to practice. I took uh, four years of trumpet and four years of piano when I was growing up, and I did not practice. There were times that um, I didn't practice for the full week between one trumpet lesson to the next. I would go to my trumpet lesson never having taken my trumpet out of the case from my previous lesson. I decided to quit. I told my parents I wanted to quit, and they said, that's good. It, that's fine if you want to quit. I think they appreciated I was quitting. And they said, but you're going to have to tell your teacher that you're quitting. We're not going to call him. So I went to my last lesson and I said to him, uh, I'm, I'm quitting trumpet. And I didn't sleep the night before I did that. I was very nervous to tell him I was quitting. 
And when I actually told him face to face that I was quitting, I'll never get over the look of relief on his face that I had quit. My parents wanted me to practice responsibility. If I wasn't going to practice the trumpet, I was at least going to practice responsibility and taking ownership for not having practiced. When our older daughter, Mario, was taking uh, ballet lessons, she must have been in, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade, she asked me to watch her do some dance movements. So I did, and, and uh, at the end of the dance movements, I said, oh, honey, that's really good. It, it looks really hard. I thought I was complimenting her. And she said, oh, I want it to look easy. I want it to be so good it looks easy. I don't want it to look hard. Sometimes we fail to realize people like LeBron James or Wynton Marcellus or Andrew are so good because they practice. They work hard at what they do. Last Saturday, there was a, uh, a hidden brain story on, um, on NPR called uh, Close Enough. It was about how we are living vicariously through videos. That there was a time when if you wanted to feel what something felt like, you had to go and do it. If you wanted to feel what it was like to raft down the Colorado River uh, through the Grand Canyon, you had to go and do it. If you wanted to experience a gourmet meal, you had to go to a restaurant and eat that meal. But now we um, are living our lives through the screen. And we're watching instead of doing. So it's possible now to watch videos of rafts going down the Colorado River. It's cheaper and it's easier and it's close enough. We can stay at home and watch a gourmet meal being prepared while we're eating our bowl of cornflakes. We can watch triathletes swimming and running and riding their bicycles while we're lying in bed. We can live our lives through the lives of others. The story and, and Hidden Brain went on to say that people will watch videos and think they've acquired the skill just by watching the video. And there was a, uh, a study done where different groups watched the same video a different number of times. So there was one group that watched a video 
five times, another group watched the same video ten times, another group watched it twenty times, and another group just watched it once. And each group was interviewed as to how confident they felt on doing the skill that the, that the video taught. And the people who had watched it twenty times thought they were, they were very confident they could do this skill. So, everybody who watched the video from one time to 20 times was then asked to do the skill. And it didn't matter how many times you had watched it. You failed. You couldn't do what the video wanted you to do. And what the, what the survey, what the, the test revealed was that we have to actually do it. We have to actually do, practice what we're learning. The test showed that there's a gap between what we think we can do and what we can actually do. And the gap is only closed by practicing. In medicine and in law, people talk about the practice of medicine, the practice of law. What is that? Well, it's two things, I think. To practice medicine is to put your learning to use. Unless you practice medicine, you you haven't put your learning to use. You know, some people might study medicine and might actually become a doctor, but then decide they want to get into real estate. And they never practice their learning. The second thing about practice is that you practice it. You're always growing. You're always expanding. You're always learning. You're open to being taught. You might have a mentor. When a person isn't always growing and always expanding and always learning, they've come to a full stop and they've stagnated. We wouldn't want to go to a doctor who hasn't kept abreast of her field. We want doctors who not only put their learning to use, but continue to learn, continue to practice. I'm told in architecture what they mean by, what architects mean by the practice of architecture is that when a plan doesn't work, they'll say, well, I'm practicing architecture. I'm still learning what works and what doesn't. So for Paul, in our Ephesians reading, when he says, grow up, Become mature. 
What he's really saying to the, to the church at Ephesus is, put your learning into practice. You've learned certain things about Christianity. You've probably heard the story of the Good Samaritan. Grow up and put that into practice. In the reading, Paul says, don't sit around on your hands. Don't just sit there and watch the video. Don't sit there on your hands, but get up and walk. No, run. To love your neighbor. To grow up. Be quick at noticing differences and hurts and quickly mend those fences. Don't just watch the video. Do it. Practice it until it becomes second nature. Paul says, we're all given a skill, but we need to work at it. We're all given a gift by the Spirit. Some's preaching, some teaching, some administration, some healing, some caring. But we have to practice it and get good at it and work together so we're all moving rhythmically together. It's neat that God gives us this uh, skill and that they, we then join together in accomplishing great things. So, how do we practice Christianity now? How do we practice our faith now? One thing that's interesting in these scripture readings is Paul says, mature, grow up, practice your faith. And Jesus says, become as a child. It seems that a way to grow up is actually to become childlike. For children, practice. They practice walking. They practice crawling. They practice talking. They practice eating. Children are teachable. Children are malleable. Children are flexible. Children have teachers. They fail and they improve. We can practice our faith by becoming childlike and open to learning. In the time of the coronavirus, how do we practice our faith? Two things. First, faith faces the uncertain with equanimity. Faith 
knows that whether we live or die, we are in the hands of the Lord. Faith does not wish the impossible. Faith does not ignore the tragic. It looks at reality with open eyes. Faith has a quiet confidence in God that no matter what happens, faith knows one's in the hands of God. Faith says, as Paul says in Romans, in all these things we are more than conquerors. For I am persuaded that neither height nor depth nor things present, nor things to come, nor angels, nor principalities can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Faith has that quiet confidence. And at this time, we are to practice that faith. The second thing about practicing our faith at this time is that we take that confidence in God and utilize it in service to others. We pray for others. We pray for those in the healing professions. We pray for those infected. We pray for those who are isolated and reach out to them. We practice self-sacrifice rather than self-advancement. And we look for ways to help those who are disadvantaged and those who need care at this time. It's inspiring to experience those of you who are practicing your faith. Members who are sewing face masks. Members who are calling up our seniors and offering to buy and deliver food. It's inspiring to see those practicing their faith by going to NEMAP and helping to distribute food. It's inspiring to see people making sandwiches for the open shelter and then asking if we could pick up another day or two to serve those who are disadvantaged. It's inspiring to see people practicing their faith, putting what they've learned into practice. It's only when we don't know the future 
that we learn whether or not we have faith. It's only when we don't know the future that we learn if we have confidence in God. This is a time that tests our faith. It reveals our confidence in God. It reveals our love to our neighbor, those we know and those we don't know. It's a time for us to put our faith into practice to show our trust and to show our love 